Oh God. Lord, use me tonight. I am only but a vessel. Lord, I ask that you be the voice. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 to, through to 5. Last night, I preached from Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 to 5. And tonight, I want to hit on it because everything we are going to talk about tonight is embedded or summarized in this verse philippians chapter 2 verse 3 through to 5. madura bagada and i'm reading from the new living translation don't be selfish don't try to impress others why because if you are selfish you are not humble and if you try to impress others you are not humble and i said there is a biblical definition of what humility is or what being humble is the bible said be humble thinking of others as better than yourself that is definition of being humble to be humble you must think of others as better than you yourself that is the definition of being humble as we prepare to go through the lesson tonight we ask that the god of heaven shall open the eyes of our understanding and shall help us open our ears and our minds and our hearts in order to receive the spirit of the word in the mighty name of jesus we command any walls to fall we command any shields to break we command any coverings that are not of the lord to be torn apart in the mighty name of Jesus tonight we cry unto God that he alone shall speak to us that he alone shall minister to us that he alone shall transform us in the mighty name of Jesus we have come to grow we have come to change we have come to be transformed father father nothing will stop us tonight and nothing can stop us tonight we put away any kind of distraction we put away any kind of discomfort we put away anything that will be a shield a barrier in the mighty name of jesus oh god my god we know that whenever we pray you hear us oh god we declare lord we plead by your mercy hear us tonight in jesus name don't be selfish don't try to impress others be humble thinking of others as better than yourself that is a very difficult thing to do and yet that is the definition of humility 
to be able to think of the next woman, the next man, the next person, the next girl, the next boy as better than you. This is what you want. This is what you want to do. But because of your humility, you put aside that thing so that you can prioritize them. That is humility. Humility is not when you see a man of God and you kneel down. No. Humility is not when you share your water with me. No. Humility is not when you send me an offering. No. Humility is not just when you give your tithe. Humility is when you put aside your interest for the benefit of another person. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Pay attention to the interests of other people. Tonight, I want to explain to you what it means to live for God. Verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. This was the attitude of Christ. This was the character of Christ. This was the way of life of Jesus Christ. And I said, being humble is having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance, which means you know how important you are. You know how special you are. You know how unique you are. But humility is when you put aside the personal view of yourself, the personal perspective of yourself for the benefit of other people. That is humility. Quickly turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 through to verse 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. Oh God. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. So then. The Bible says, so then, so I believe the continuation of Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 to 5 is 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 1. The Bible said, so then, now that you've come to understand what it means to be humble, now that you've come to understand the attitude of Jesus Christ, now that you've come to understand that you are not only supposed to settle for your interests alone, so then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he since Christ suffered physical pain you must arm yourselves with the same attitude Jesus had and be ready to suffer too this is suffering don't you know being humble means you are going to suffer because you know how important you are but humility is putting aside that personal perception that personal purview that personal ideology put it aside how people see you put it aside so that you can fulfill the purposes of God so that you can serve the brethren that is suffering I know how big I am. I know how special I am. I know how different I am. And I have to put aside this thing to serve the common folk. That is what I'm talking about. This is suffering. And the Bible said this was the character of Jesus. If you cannot do it, you are not humble. You do not have the attitude of Jesus. 
This is what it means to live for God. Simply being humble. And being humble is putting aside how important you know you are or you think you are or, or that people say you are. Put that thing aside so that you can serve. That is humility. If you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Which means that if you are humble, it means you are going to suffer. And if you are humble and you are suffering for Christ because of your humility, the Bible is saying you need to know that you are done with sin. Think about it. Most sins are committed as a result of pride. Most sins are committed. You, you just think about it. Most sins are committed as a result of pride. Even basic sins like talking to people anyhow. Because you are so motivated and you are so keen about your tie to your position. And so you, 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 you use that position to oppress others and talk to them anyhow why are you doing this because of pride self-importance the bible is saying if you are humble you are done with sin which means that we have the audacity to sin because we are proud and the devil told Eve when you eat this fruit you will become like God and because the woman wanted to become like God she said I will eat it that is pride so before Eve ever disobeyed she already had pride that is why the Bible said pride goes before a fall before you would sin pride is already lingering somewhere on the inside of you so the bible said if you are humble and if you have suffered physically for christ then you have finished with sin you can jesus said the greatest of the law is to love your neighbor as yourself think about it you cannot love your neighbor as yourself until you are humble work with me verse 2 you won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires no if you are humble you can't do that to live for God is to be humble in all you do the Bible said you will not spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires how come you are always chasing your own dreams you are always chasing your own passions you are always chasing your own desires the reason you feel the edge to constantly watch pornography and be engaged into all sorts of masturbation and perversion is because of your pride pride is when you spend your life chasing after your desire chasing after your lust chasing after your passion and the Bible said if you are humble and you suffer as a result of that you cannot sin are you here 
because you are humble you can tell that this is my desire you can tell that this is my dream you can tell that this is my passion but i will nail it to the cross by denying myself of all the pleasures of my flesh so that i can submit to the will of god that i will not spend the rest of my life chasing my own desire if you are able to do this you realize that you will never be subject to your own passions that is humility but you will be anxious to do the will of God you will not be anxious to chase after women you will not be anxious to chase after men you will not be anxious to chase after money you will not be anxious to chase after anything that is not in the will of God the only thing you want to do is to do the will of God verse 3 you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy their immorality and lust their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols you see we have been here before some of us when we were on campus every evening drink cups we are there every friday every weekend drink cups we are there we are there to chill we are there to have fun but the bible said you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy which means you are not supposed to enjoy the lifetime of your past anymore regardless of what your your past is what matters is you are no longer excited by these things you are no longer inspired by these things you are no longer turned on by these things because your desire is just one and one alone to do the will of the father verse 4 of course your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do so they slander you I've been there the way your friends talk about you because they know they used to chill with you they used to have fun with you they used to drink with you they used to go out with you they used to go to the clubs with you but now because you have decided to stay away from these things the bible said your former friends are so surprised see the way am i surprised see the way daniel is surprised see the way samson is surprised because you have decided not to do the things of your past anymore they are so surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of water and destructive things what at all do you go out to do think about it what at all do you go out to do when you say you are going to have fun you go out and drink and gossip and dance unnecessary dances the women dress in a way such as they become sex symbols think about it what at all you go out to smoke what at all do you go and do when you go out the bible said they are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things these things you are involved in or you used to be involved in the bible said they are wild and destructive things 
so they slander you slandering is when people make a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation they speak about you anyhow because you do not go out with them anymore you have decided to live for god they talk about you anyhow because you have decided not to be a part of their group anymore and so they 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 try to make statements that rise against your reputation but do not be dismayed because living for god this is the price you ought to pay verse 5 but remember that they will have to face god they will have to face god whatever they say about you whatever they discuss about you any insults they will rain on you the bible said they will have to face god who stands ready to judge everybody everybody you need to understand when people try to to take advantage of you or to steal from you or try and take anything from you that is not theirs you need to know you do not even have to pray the bible said remember that these people will face god and 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 they will stand before who he who is ready to judge them some things it is not even about prayer the bad things people do you do not even have to pray the bible said they will stand before god and the bible said they will stand before god the bible said they will stand before god the bible said they will stand before god whatever thing they will ever lift up against you because you have decided to live for god you have decided to stay calm and do the will of god you have decided not to retaliate and submit to god do not think they will go scot-free the bible said remember that they will stand before god there will be consequences for what they have done to you there are men of god that went to bury our names some of us they buried our names they did rituals against us we do not even have to lift up a prayer the bible said they will stand before god why because you are living for god Senka also bit me Edna for baby. Senka, you can also make it a police case. Senka, you could have called them and insulted them, but you did none of that. The Bible said, remember that they will face God who stands ready to judge anybody that fights against those who are living for him. Let me share this story with you. I did the work of, of a man of God for him. A lot of work took me weeks to complete when i was done i sent everything to him and i said man of god please my money my payment the man didn't pay me the man of god didn't pay me i was so angry because i needed money i was so bored i needed money so i started praying i said this this guy the things i will command against him so i started praying i started praying and then i, I was I, I wanted to i wanted to speak and pray against him and then the lord said the lord appeared to me and said what are you doing and i said this is what this man of god has done to me i will not understand and the lord said so what are you doing i said i'm going to pray against him and the lord said 
do you know the covenant I have with him? And I was quiet. The Lord said, son, do you know the covenant I have with that man of God that you want to pray against? I said, no. He said, then be careful. Never put yourself in a position where you would automatically lose. Listen, you need to understand the fact that somebody has wronged you does not give you the right to either rain curses on them or to pronounce any kind of judgment on them. No. This is why God said judgment or revenge or vengeance is of the Lord. It is not up to you to retaliate. You have to leave it to God because he said, he has already said, they will stand before me. Remember, they will stand before me. You don't even have to get involved. Who are you going to curse? Who are you going to pray against? Leave them to stand before God. That was the day I let my life change. I decided I will never try to pray against or curse anybody in my anger. I will leave them for God to deal with them. For God to deal with them. All of you young leaders, young shepherds, young shepherds, Young men of God and women of God, under the sound of my voice, you need to understand something. When somebody does something against you, never try to curse the person. Never. Not with your lips. Not with your mind. Not with your heart. Leave the matter to God. God knows better. He can do worse to them than you can ever say to them. Do not curse ever. Do not ever curse anybody. Leave them. verse 6 that is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead jump to verse 7 the bible said the end of the world is coming soon therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers if you if, if i go back to the days where i was born you'd realize that prayer was not a very common thing those revivals of prayer were not common prayer movements were not common there were no ministries like prayer life or they were not common in those days why because the bible said the end of the world is coming soon therefore be earnest and disciplined the reason why prayer movements have become that common in this era is because the end is near Am I speaking to somebody? These days, people pray like something. There is a reason. That is the sign that the end is near. These days, everybody is praying. Everybody is praying. Everybody is praying. When you read the Bible carefully, the Bible said, My house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. You need to understand, prayer life is a nation. You need to understand, assemblies of God is a nation. You need to understand, Action Chapel International is a nation. Power Chapel is a nation. Every church you ever hear of is a nation. But there is one name for the church of God, and that name is the house of prayer. It doesn't matter whether the church is Methodist. It doesn't matter whether the church is Catholic. It doesn't matter whether the church is assemblies of God or prayer life the general name for the church of God is called the house of prayer 
So, prayer life is not a church. Prayer life is a nation. Assemblies of God is not a church. Assemblies of God is a nation. Methodist is not a church. Methodist is a nation. Presby is not a church. Presby is a nation. So the Bible said, my church or my temple shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. Prayer life is a nation and the name of the church is the house of prayer. Assemblies of God is a nation and the name of the church is called the house of prayer. Any ministry you would ever meet, the name of the church is called the house of prayer. It's as simple as that. So when people ask the question, they say the Ansoria Dorsal, there are too many churches today with so many names. It means you do not have revelation. The Bible, God Himself said for all nations, when you read the, the book of Isaiah. The house of prayer for all nations. So the new ministries that are coming every day are new nations. The new ministries that are coming every day are new nations. But there is only one name which is called the house of prayer. Which is why if there is no spiritual person that would try to destroy that nation you are building. Because it is in the will of God for many nations to come up. Because the Bible said you need to know that the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. That is why there are prayer movements coming every day. Prayer movements being rising up every day. Prayer movements being established every day. Because the end is coming soon and this is the time to live for God to be earnest means resulting from or showing sincere and intense conviction these days when we are talking about prayer people are convicted to pray out it is not what you say you don't try and convince people to pray no these days people are being convicted from the inside out people are just looking for places to pray why because the end is near and they do not even understand why this is happening those days when Mopa came, it was so new to everybody. What is this? That a group of believers, a lot of people, thousands, hundreds of people meet just to pray. What kind of movement is this? Everybody was so shocked, but it was the beginning of an announcement that the end is coming soon. So the people ought to be earnest with their prayers. Personal conviction. People are convicted now when it comes to prayer. People are sincere. They show intense conviction. You don't convince them. They know they ought to pray. And anybody who is still not earnest in their prayers, you still do not know what is happening in the world today. Before you realize the church is raptured and you have no idea what is happening. And the Bible said, be disciplined in your prayers. Being disciplined means showing a controlled form of behavior, which means you ought to be able to control your prayer life, that you know that I ought to pray at least this amount of hours in a day, or this amount of minutes in a day, this amount of hours in a year, or in a month, or in a week. You need to be disciplined in your prayer. If you are still not disciplined in your prayer life, you are joking. 
It is not about praying 20 hours a day. It is about being disciplined. You know that I ought to pray at this time. You know that I ought to pray at that time. You know this is what it takes to live for God. These days, there are men of God who say, I don't know, these days I can't pray. For about two months now, I haven't been able to pray. Hey, what kind of man of God are you that for two months you've not been able to pray? Hey, we should be careful. My God, verse 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. No matter how earnest you will be when you are praying, how disciplined you are in your prayer, if you still do not have love, your prayer cannot save you. Most important of all, continue to show deep love, not just love, deep love for each other. Support the brethren, support your family, support your friends, support your loved ones, support the brethren. Abba, come on. What kind of people is this? You can pray, you can pray, you can pray. Can you also love? Prayer is not enough. These are the end times. You need to also show deep love for each other. The Bible said because love covers a multitude of sins. Many of you, your sins, your sins, your sins, your sins will be covered as a result of the deep love you show. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. The key word is on the share, the word share. You need to share in this era. You need to share. I was telling you yesterday. It's just me, myself, and I. It will not take you anywhere in this era. You need to share. Whatever you have, try and share. Whatever you can afford, try and share. Whatever you have in hand, try and share. The Bible said in verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Verse 11, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Speak as though God himself were speaking through you. That is why I preach every message like it's my last. I preach every message with such conviction and such tenacity like I will die tomorrow. If your gift is to speak, you better speak as though God himself is speaking. Is this not a command? This is a command. We are commanded to speak to others, to help others, to support others with our gift of preaching, with our gift of explaining, with our gift of, of teaching as though God himself is teaching. 
is there a, is there an age limit here did you see that did the bible say that until you are 40 years or until you are 29 years it doesn't matter whether you are 5 or 15 or 24 or 27 or 32 or 43 what matters is you are willing to apply your gift in service to god and the brethren you need to serve with that gift you need to support with that gift you need to help with that gift you need to speak as though God himself is speaking living for God do you have the gift of helping others there are some people here your gift is to help others you can help in such a way that nobody else can when you see people and you you just do not help you cannot live that is your gift you make sure you help others if it is your gift to help you make sure you help are we together the bible said if it is your gift to help others do it with all the strength and energy that god supplies there is a kind of help that is much more than money the bible said with all your strength and energy if it is a connection give it to the next person up if it is a recommendation give it to the next person up if it is your energy give it to the next person up if it is your strength give it to you must support each other there are some brothers I have in my life. I always tell them, Yeah, we do not have helpers from anywhere. It is up to us to support and help each other. Living for God. Oh God. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Jump to verse 12. Jump to verse 12. Dear friends. I have not called you sons i have not called you servants i have not called you slaves i have called you friends dear friends you are my friends i am not speaking to you as a father i am speaking to you as a friend dear friends don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you are going through as if it is something strange or as if something strange were happening to you dear friends what you are going through that you feel as though it is you alone who is going through it and you are on your own and you are so lonely and you are so depressed the bible is saying it is not as though it is a strange thing that is happening to you alone no you are not the only one going through it even though you think you are on your own you are not on your own what you are going through people have been there and people are still there and people are going through worse verse 13 instead be very glad for these trials make you partners with christ the only way you can be called as a partner with christ is to be in these trials you are not on your own christ wants you to be a partner you are not on your own Jesus wants you to be a partner you are not on your own Christ wants you to be a partner 
and you can never be a partner until you have been through the fiery trials ah For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you would have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is when it is revealed to all the world. Be glad for your pain. Be glad for your temptation, but never allow yourself to be victimized by it. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Jesus Christ, you will be blessed. They have insulted us on multiple occasions because we have left our jaws to do the work of God. Because we have left our career to do the work of God. Because we leave our wives to do the work of God. They think we are fools. They think we are lazy. They think we have nothing better to do. But the Bible said when they insult you, when they insult you if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ you will be blessed which means the more you insult me for doing the work of God the more I become blessed so I must smile at the insult I must be glad for your insults I must be glad for the ridicule I must be glad for whatever I will go through because the more you insult me the more blessed I become that is why there are some people they can never compare themselves to us why because when we were being insulted they were being praised when we were being ridiculed they were being praised when they were abusing us they were being praised when they take us for granted they were being praised but the worse you do it the more blessed I become the worse you become the more blessed I grow up and look at Tampa I study the grace of God and I speak upon the life of somebody under the sound of my voice that whatever ridicule you will go through even from your own mother even from your own father because of your love for God because you are living for God I came to tell you it will change into blessings it will turn into blessings it will change and shift into multiple blessings on multiple fronts in Jesus name somebody stop crying somebody stop weeping up somebody stop complaining up and be blessed up and be blessed they insult you because you are following prayer life they insult you because you are following me do not do not lose heart keep on going keep on going keep on growing I know for a fact I know for a fact I know for a fact that the end is greater the end is better the end is great news Somebody shout yes! Come on! Somebody, 
if we continue like this we are not going to close tonight first peter chapter 4 verse 15 the bible said if you suffer however it must not be for murder and i know there are no murderers here some of you even though you do not take lives you take mandates some of you even though you do not take lives you take encouragement you take conviction you take goodness in people you do not matter human beings but you are able to cut dreams short cut vision short come on you must not suffer because of stealing you are under the sound of my voice you steal come on are you living for god somebody who is living for god can never steal somebody who is living for god can never steal why are you stealing there are too many thieves in the church there are too many thieves as part of the flock stop stealing the bible said if you suffer you must not suffer for stealing which means that there is a suffering help that is attached to stealing help there is a suffering help that is attached to murdering be careful you will suffer that is what the bible is saying you will suffer if you steal you will suffer if you murder you will suffer if you make trouble the bible said you must not suffer for making trouble you will suffer there is a suffering that is attached to making trouble some of you wherever you go you set confusion you set confusion when you enter into relationships you set confusion there were people in our midst like that i have sacked all of them the bible said someone who stirs up division have nothing to do with them sack them troublemakers troublemakers the very moment they worm their way into your relationship trouble whenever they worm their way into your ministry trouble whenever they worm their way into your life trouble whenever they worm their way into your spirit life trouble why troublemaker you must not suffer for prying into other people's affairs the fact that we are humble and the fact that we are spiritual people does not mean you have to pry into other people's affairs why is there no more secrecy and privacy in the church can i not worry about myself alone do you need to know everything that is going on in my personal life why do not pry into other people's affairs we are concerned there is a suffering that is attached to people who pry into other people's affairs we all have christ but we also have our personal affairs this is my business it is not yours mining your business is a full-time job please get employed prying into other people's affairs minding your business it's a full-time job get employed Abba. verse 16 of first peter chapter 4 but it is no shame to suffer for being a christian if you must suffer it must be for christ and for his will not for anything else 
praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Verse 17, for the time has come for judgment and it must begin with God's household. It will begin with God's household. Judgment will begin from the church. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? That day will be a sad day. That day will be a sad day. The Bible said those who have never obeyed God's good news. The Bible didn't just say God's word. So that you say it was my pastor who told me it was not God. The Bible said God's good news. So any good news that that a man of God would ever preach to you. That is God's good news. Because no man has good news. No human being has good news. Good news is of God. Good news comes from God. Good news. The Bible said there is nothing good that you didn't receive from God. Or there is nothing good you have that you didn't receive from God. So just the fact that I have good news means that I received it from God. And the Bible said, oh, how beautiful are the feet of day that bringeth good news. Why? Because they just walked out of the presence of God. Carrying his good news. So any good news I would ever preach to you is coming right from the presence of God so if you are there you think oh this guy forget him this guy you are calling your spiritual father guy this guy you are calling your your pastor guy you are calling your mentor guy people the man who carries the good news from God and brings it to you you are calling him this guy be careful the Bible said what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news we bring you the good news every day and yet you never obey us how terrible it will be that is the day god will count all the sermons i ever preached and the bible say you this person you listen to 85 percent out of all the sermons i preached and yet this is how your life turned out to be how terrible it will be how terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed god's good news it is not just about receiving the good news it is also about obeying it you do not respect anybody so you do not respect men of god hmm. anybody who is close to me knows this even though i am a man of god i despise gossiping about men of god talking about men of god ridiculing men i fear i am a man of god i fully understand this anybody who is close to me knows this i don't want to be involved verse 18 if the righteous are barely saved if they're righteous which means that there are a lot of righteous people <laughs> there are a lot of righteous people who will not be saved why because your righteousness will not take you to heaven you know that righteousness is free nobody worked for their righteousness that is why the bible said our righteousness is like filthy rags before him 
So the Bible said, if the righteous are barely saved, which means that there will be a lot of righteous people in hell, if you do not know. You are not willing to pay the price for living for God. There will be a lot of righteous people in hell. You are not pure. You are not holy. It is only your holiness in God that can give you access to heaven. Not your righteousness. Righteousness is, is, is automatically imputed in you through the sacrifice of, the, of Christ on the cross. Follow carefully. You, are, you know you are part of us and yet you will not join the service you know you are part of us and yet you do not participate in anything you know you are part of us you will not obey anywhere where do you think you are headed if the man of God God has given you you cannot even obey the good news God has given to, to you through them where do you think you are going the Bible said how terrible fate awaits those who abuse the good news of God shepherd's camp that you have willingly registered for we have to also call you before you join what is wrong with you eh? what is wrong with you you know since i started this service this right this service this lesson this second lesson i've been sitting in the dark our lights are out and it's been out for hours and I'm sitting in the dark and I'm doing the service. You are not willing to pay the price for the task that has been assigned to you. Where do you think you are going? Oh God. Verse 19 so if you are suffering in a manner that pleases god it is not every kind of suffering that pleases god you need to understand there are people who are suffering because of their relationships that has nothing to to do with god there are people who are suffering because of some dishonest gain that has nothing to do with god there are people who are suffering because of my bet that has nothing to do with god there are people who are suffering because they have been to the juju men that has nothing to do with god there are people who are suffering because they are disobedient that has nothing to do with god there are people who are suffering because they bewitched somebody that has nothing to do with god this kind of suffering doesn't please god god is not in it if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God not every kind of suffering pleases God now check it people are suffering because of years of being in deep in pornography they are still suffering people are suffering because they took advantage of some people in their lives and they are still suffering as a result this thing has nothing to do with God I pray for you that any kind of suffering you are in that doesn't please God, any kind of suffering you are in that has nothing to do with God, I declare by the power of his name that your, 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 your suffering, your trouble shall be revoked in Jesus' name and shall be nullified in the blood of the lamp. People, things must change, don't you think? 
There are people who join prayer life. Three weeks, they receive the testimony. Three weeks, exactly 21 days, they receive the testimony they are looking for. And they leave and never return. You have been part of us for four years, three years, five years. Your life is still the same. What is wrong with you? Are you really sure that this suffering that you are going through pleases God and God is the reason for your suffering? If not, please, you must do the groundwork. Find out why and let us deal with it. Keep on doing what is right. To keep on doing what is right, you must start doing what is right in the first place. Keep on doing what is right. Keep on doing what is right. If you must live for God, you must keep on doing what is right. Miracle. If you must live for God, you must keep on doing what is right. King Kehab. If if you must live right if you must live for God you must keep on doing what is right you do not need me to advise you you do not need me to counsel you for this is what it takes to live for God living for God is a constant sacrifice how sad it is that these days we have the chosen ones we have the prophets we have the pastors we have the teachers we have the evangelists we have people the apostles who are serving God and yet are not living right how can it be that you wake up from the corridors of the throne room you wake up from the corridors of the throne room from the corridors of heaven from the corridors that holds the presence of God you wake up from before the mercy seat and yet you are unable to live right what kind of man of God are you what kind of believer are you how can what kind of Christian are you that you just cannot live right to the will of God to the purposes of God every day you have a new excuse every day you have a new story every day you have a new trouble you must check your man of living must check your life before God it is not God's will for you to be walking in and out of the hospital it is not God's will for you to be moving up and down aimlessly it is not God's will for you to struggle financially what is wrong with you what is wrong with you what is wrong with you we must fix that tonight we must fix that fix that in this shepherd's camp I wish I was speaking to the heart of somebody. I wish I was speaking to the mind of somebody. I wish I was preaching to somebody. Keep on living right. Keep on living right. For how long will you be stubborn? For how long will you be ignorant? For how long will you disobey the good news of God? For how long will you take the prophets for granted? Keep 
on living right. Keep on living right. This is what it takes to live for God. Stay away from anything unpleasant. Stay away from anything demeaning. Stay away from anything lustful. My God, Yes, my God. Yes, my God. Yes, my God. We are calling for people who are willing to live for God. We are calling for people who are living for God. We are calling out new shepherds who are living for God. It doesn't matter where your father is around. It doesn't matter whether your parents are around. It doesn't matter whether your angel is around. No matter where you are, you will live for God. No matter where you stand, you will live for God. No matter what you you do, you will live for God. Ah. People, you do not need my watchful eye to be, to live right for God. You do not need my watchful eye to live right for God. With or without my presence, you must live right. You must do right. You must say right. You must eat right. You must watch right in Jesus' name. sensation in my heart so we are looking for the new breed of believers that will live right even when God is not watching they will live right even when angels are not watching they will live right even when their pastors are not
instead of telling you to do right things every day no you must live right even when i am not there even when i am not around even when i am not alive live right live right live right live right live right live right First Peter chapter 5 verse 1 And now a word to you who are elders in the churches A word to you who are leaders in the churches I too I am a leader and a witness to the sufferings of Christ and I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder as a fellow leader as a fellow shepherd I appeal to you please listen to me verse 2 care for the flock that God has entrusted to you care for the flock that God has entrusted to you I have told you several times that I have come to realize that the 230 people on the prayer life platform are not serious we are going out there we are reaching out to bring in more people you need to care for the flock that God has entrusted to you you need to I do my best to care for you day in day out I appeal to you as a fellow shepherd that you would also do the same thing for other people now the question is do you even have other people the question is are you even living right This work is a full-time commitment. You can have your job, but the commitment is full-time. You can have your business, but the commitment is full-time. You need to be focused. I also have my business. I am a graphic designer, and yet my commitment is full-time. When we ask you to reach out, I appeal to you, fellow shepherds, please, please, and please again, go out there, bring people. Ah. When you meet people in the Trotsky, talk to them. When you meet people on a bus, talk to them. When you meet people on the street, just tell them about prayer life. Tell them about your Jesus. Tell them about the work we are doing. Just witness. Be a witness. 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 Shepherds. You are too comfortable. Watch over them willingly. Bring the people and watch over them willingly. Call us. Find out what they are doing. Find out what is going on with them. Find out how they are doing. Willingly care for them. Not grudgingly. You are not fighting with anybody. Not for what you get out of it. But because you are eager to serve God, which means if you are not caring for for the flock, you are not serving God. I've told you before, worshiping God and serving God are not the same. Many of you are worshippers. 
but you are not serving God because to to serve God is to find flock to find sheep and care for them that is what it takes to serve God all God wants is to depopulate the kingdom of hell which means if you are not winning souls you are doing nothing in service to God guys shepherds leaders pastors apostles evangelists song ministers please hear me go out there and win souls go out there win souls go out there win souls go out there and win souls Verse 3 of 1 Peter chapter 5. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. Be patient talk to people nicely evangelize to them tell them about what god did for you be a witness to them tell them about the hard work we are doing and do not lord it over them do it willingly humbly and be as a good example to them who is willing to win souls after tonight? Say, I am willing. If you are willing to win, I am willing. I am willing to win souls. 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 I am willing to I want to see everybody typing. I am willing. This is a vow you are making to God. This is a vow you are making before God. He said, I am willing to win souls, Lord. Use me. I am willing to win souls, Lord. Use me. I am willing to win souls, Lord. Use me, Lord. Madura Badagarado I am willing. I am willing. I am willing. Verse five. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. Those of you who are younger, you came to meet people in the ministry. 
you came to meet people people who laid hands on you forget about the age forget about the age difference forget about whatever you have been through those who are younger you came to meet people you came to meet people in the field the bible said you must learn to accept authority of the elders the elders stand for those who stood in the position before you came and that is so difficult for many people to do to accept the authority of others and accepting the authority of others is what we call submission the bible said wives submit to your to your husbands what it simply means is accept the authority of your husbands accept the authority of your husbands accept the authority of your elders accept the authority this is this is a decision you are making that you are going to accept the authority of your pastor of your prophet of your father can you not do what they are doing probably you can do better probably you can do more that is not what the bible is asking you the bible is asking you to accept their authority accept the authority of the people who laid hands on you accept the authority of the people you came to meet accept the authority of the people who stood in that position before you came accept their authority you could be more anointed you could be more connected you could be more blessed what matters is the bible says accept their authority some of you the least thing you are angry the least thing you are offended they listen oh because of time let me just jump to let me just jump to mark chapter 1 verse 14 because of time there are lots of things that i had wanted to share with you but the lord wants me to jump to mark chapter 1 verse 14 some of you eh, it's very difficult for you to accept the authority of the people over you the people who bless you the people who preach to you why is it so difficult why is it so difficult some of you some of you are at rockerheads with your spiritual fathers hey mark chapter 1 verse 14 now after john was put in prison jesus came to galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god this is john the baptist we are talking about and the bible said when john the baptist was arrested he was arrested in galilee and so jesus came to galilee and he was preaching the gospel to, he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god it is very difficult for some of you to accept authority jump to the continuation of this this scripture the continuation is in luke chapter 7 verse 18 
chapter 7 verse 18 so mark chapter 1 verse 14 says now after john the baptist was put in prison in galilee jesus also came into galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god luke chapter 7 verse 18 the bible says and the disciples of john the baptist told john about everything jesus was doing so john called for two of his disciples I, I want to open your eyes to something. That's a who? So when was spiritual father, what is the future for you? When was spiritual father, anchor. Just and who you were sick, hey, people. So some of you, are you not afraid of anything? The person that you yourself, you believe that God has ordained them over you. God has ordained them to be your shepherd. God has ordained them to be an elder over you. Who won't say any pano etre? And Jesus was ordained by John the Baptist. Do not forget it was this same John the Baptist who said, Say, I am not even worthy to untie the, the, the sandals of his feet. Who doesn't know this? Everybody knows this story. That same John the Baptist, after he has been arrested in Galilee. He's in prison in Galilee and he heard that Jesus has now come to Galilee. So the Bible said he called two of his sons. Or Jesus is now in Galilee. He called two of his sons. And he sent them, verse 19. He sent them to the Lord to ask him, Are you the Messiah we have been expecting? Or should we keep on looking for another else? Or someone else? You see? John the Baptist is angry. Some of you are not getting the story. John the Baptist is angry because he has been arrested and put in prison in Galilee. And he heard that Jesus is in, 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 in Galilee and he's expecting Jesus to come and visit him in the prison. But Jesus didn't. Are you getting the story now? So now John the Baptist is angry. So he has sent two of his sons. Go and ask him, is he the, the, the Messiah or should we look for another person? John the Baptist, any years from now, he, he said, I am not even fit to untie his legs. You know? That saying John the Baptist is now contending with Jesus. Nibuofu said, you didn't come looking for me. Some of you are fighting with your pastors, with your spiritual fathers. Because your wedding, they didn't come. Your mother's funeral, they didn't come. Your father's funeral, they didn't come. Because of an event, they didn't come. Jesus did the same thing. When John the Baptist was put in prison, he didn't go. He came preaching. That is why he couldn't go. He was busy doing the work of God. So he couldn't go and visit. Now, John the Baptist is angry. 
Sanipana, you said, after I anointed him, sorry, after I baptized him, John the Baptist said, I heard and I saw that the heavens were opened and I saw the spirit of the Lord descend like a dove upon his head. And I heard a voice that said, hear my son, for he is my only begotten son. When he speaks, listen to him. John the Baptist, just some months later, you are angry with that same Jesus. Because when you were put in prison, he didn't come and visit you. Are you getting the story now? Are you getting the story now? John the Baptist is angry. My graduation cry, he didn't come. My event cry, he didn't support. People, be careful. If you would do this to your friend, not your spiritual father. Verse 20, the Bible said, John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the Messiah? Now, John the Baptist is questioning the authority of Jesus because when he was in prison, Jesus didn't come and visit him. Many of you are questioning the authority of your spiritual fathers because when you had an event, they didn't support you. When you, you were in a personal situation, they didn't call you to check up. They are your spiritual fathers who they are not fathers of your event. They are not event fathers. No. That is why I always tell you, your spiritual fathers are not your friends. People are angry because when they were going to do an event or when they were organizing a program, their spiritual father didn't even share the flyer. I have served fathers for years. I have served them loyally for years. And they have never shared even one of my flyers before. And yet I love them for who they are. Because they are not my friends. I do not even expect them to share my flyers. You have put your spiritual fathers in your friend zones. You expect them to do things that your friends will do. Things that your family members will do. Your spiritual father is not your family member. He is your spiritual father. He didn't say your flyer is what? Are you the only one with a spiritual father? He didn't come for your wedding and so what? Are you the only one with a spiritual father? They didn't give you money to support your wedding and so what? Are you the only one with a spiritual father that you are now fighting with your father? The same father that you claim that I heard the voice of God command me to go and serve this man. Hey. So now John the Baptist is questioning the authority of Jesus. Am I speaking to somebody? Those of you on prayer life, even those of you on prayer life, how many people even came for my wedding? How many people? Ask my sample. How many people? How many people that I've laid my life? I've laid down my life for the people of prayer life. I've been building some of you up for years. And even my wedding, they didn't show up. Even me, that I am the father, I am not offended. You, you are angry because your father didn't call you when you were sick. Hey, please be careful. I think you do not understand who a spiritual father is. 
you can't be angry with your cousin for not calling you to check up you can't be angry with your friends for not calling to check up but not your spiritual father john the baptist is now questioning the messiahship of jesus is he really the messiah into messiah pana me yare yache me kura wa me shesh me oh god john the baptist sent us to ask you are you the messiah we've been we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else verse 21 at that very time jesus cured many people of their diseases illnesses and evil spirits and he restored the sight to many who were blind verse 22 then he told john's disciples go back to john and tell him what you have seen and what you have heard the blind see the lame walk those who those with leprosy are cured the deaf hear the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor judge for yourself do you still think i'm a spiritual father do you still think jesus is the savior do you still think jesus is the messiah or do you think he's a common man because he didn't call you to check up on you hmm. luke chapter 7 verse 23 jesus said blessed is he who is not offended because of me you cannot take offense because of jesus you cannot take offense because of your spiritual father why because he is jesus why because he's your spiritual father that is the only reason i know people who are fighting spiritual fathers because their allowances for a month has delayed oh god I've seen pastors' wives leave church because contributions were not made for them when they gave birth. I have seen pastors leave churches because their fathers didn't come to their house to visit them when they were not well, and their problem was common headache. <sighs> How many times did you see Jesus visiting the sick? The Bible said Jesus healed the sick. How many times did Jesus visit the sick? They are your spiritual fathers, not your friends. I am your spiritual father, not your friend. This is the hard truth that you need to hear. Living for God is something different. You are living for God. You are not living for relationship. You are not living for friendship. You are living for God. This is the price you need to pay. Your spiritual father is not your friend. I have never taken offense in the fact that some people I expected to be on my wedding or to be at my wedding didn't show up but I never took offense in any of this why would I 
have sacrificed a lot for people who didn't even support me when I needed them but I have never been offended by this I had friends who used their jobs as an excuse not to show up on my special day and yet I am cool with them this is the price you need to pay for living for God ladies and gentlemen blessed is he who is not offended because of Jesus blessed is he who is not offended because of their spiritual father you are misbehaving your spiritual father corrects you and you are angry offenses what you are doing is not right your spiritual father corrects you you are angry your spiritual father mentions your name without your title and you are angry I have seen pastors leave church because their spiritual fathers mention their names without their titles. Age. Even our Savior King Jesus Christ, we all have the boldness to mention his name, Jesus Christ. What is the title of Jesus Christ? Whenever you pray, you say in the name of Jesus. What is the title of Jesus? that Jesus doesn't take offense in the fact that you mention his name Jesus Christ and you are offended because your your pastor didn't use a reverend your pastor didn't use a pastor your pastor didn't use a prophet as a title oh how sad it will be on that day blessed is he who is not offended because of me Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. If you must live for God, you must not carry offenses. John the Baptist is offended because Jesus didn't visit him in the prison. Joseph's own brother showed him to slavery and he was never offended blessed is he who is not offended because of me ladies and gentlemen this is what it takes to live for God you need to understand that a new breed of people is coming who will not be offended by the way their spiritual fathers speak to them they will not be offended by the way their leaders speak to them they will not be offended because of the way they are treated they are a different kind of people they are a different kind of breed they do not take offense they do not take offense they are not John the Baptist blessed are they who are not offended because of me, because of me, because of me, Allah could love it. Be that kind, be that kind, be that kind. Yes, my God. Say I am not offended. Say I will not be offended. Say I am not offended. Say I refuse to be offended. In the name of Jesus. Yes, my God. Yes, my God. 
Come on, come on. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you are praying. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you are praying. You will live for God and you will never be offended. You will live for God and you will never be offended. You will live for God. Refuse to be offended. Live for God. Refuse to be offended. Live for Apostle Cosby AJ said something. He said, Son, nobody changes their political party even when they are offended. Governments offend people every day, politicians offend people every day, men in power offend people every day, but nobody changes their political party when they are offended. People have been loyal to NPP since the day they were born. People have been loyal to CPP since the day they were born. People have been loyal to NDC since the day they were born. And even when they are offended, they never change their party. <sighs> but unfortunately, people always leave church when they are offended they leave our ministry when they are offended they leave the team when they are offended they leave the shepherds when they are offended they leave the church when they are offended they leave the group when they are offended what is wrong with us no matter how bad a football club will disappoint people they will never leave the club but let their man of god miss their outdooring let their man of god miss their wedding let their man of god miss an event they are done with that man they are done with their church how many times has Chelsea disappointed you? How many times has Manchester United betrayed you? But you are still committed to the club. You are still committed to the club. Even though you get nothing out of that commitment, you are still committed. There is something wrong with us. There is something wrong with us. In the voice of Kofi Odru. Throughout the shepherd's camp, I will keep on asking you this question. Who are we kidding? Are we kidding God? Do you think, do we really think we are kidding God? Are we living for God? 
how can we take the least offense oh i pray that you will be stronger in mind you'll be stronger at heart that you will not allow yourself to be offended at the least chance i love you all from the bottom of my heart i love you all and i pray that we will meet in a better place someday we will serve in a better place someday we will rejoice in a better place someday ladies and gentlemen this is the end of our second lesson for the shepherd's camp god bless you so much my name is vincent chamartin see you tomorrow at 8 p.m please note that we are still praying at 12 a.m midnight vigil tonight god bless you so much bye bye